You may be seated. Well, <clears throat> I've never had a hangover. But I think this morning was as close to it as I've ever been. Who knew that just worshiping and playing in the Holy Ghost, you could just be wiped out the next day. Isn't it awesome? I love it. I just love it. One time in my younger life, when I had more energy, we were at another church and I was playing a Hammond B3 organ. If you're not a musician, you don't know what that is, but it's like a rock organ. And it has a Leslie switch that when you're really feeling your Wheaties, you hit that switch and that rotor goes and it just makes that sound. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost hit me on that organ and I went buck wild. My hair just went everywhere. I, I went berserk. I've never been to a rock concert, but I was rocking. I mean, I was rocking, and I just let it rip. It was absolutely so marvelous. It was just, I, and I've never been on drugs before. I don't need drugs. I don't need them at all. I can get there with nothing. I mean, the Holy Ghost lights me up like a Roman candle, and I just explode. I'm like, hit me, Jesus. I love it. The next day, I got up when I was much younger. I thought, I have a serious case of the flu. Every bone in my body is in agony. And then I remembered what I did with my neck when I was sitting on that organ. <laughs> I was like, girl, that's all right. You're not puking. You're just hurting. It's all okay. My high school students used to come in from the weekend, and, and I would almost cry. They'd be laughing because they were making fun of each other for what they did while they were all lit up. Know what I mean? And, and they were talking in euphemisms because they were trying to protect me. Are you kidding? 16-year-olds trying to protect me like I don't know nothing about life. I guess they saw the skirt and the bun and they just made assumptions. Boy, were they wrong. Because I was just as likely to get my accordion. Do you know what an accordion is? You need to understand what that does to a fifth period of football jocks when you take out an accordion and start singing. We will, we will rock you, rock you. I have become all things to all men that by any means a bridge. I wanted to review the teacher in me will not allow me. I realize that the lessons are lost. Once the Holy Ghost starts hitting us, we just blow up. You forget everything you ever heard. But not many days hence, you're going to need the words that you've been listening to. And at the appropriate time when the accuser comes back into your life, you're going to remember some things to resist him. Because while the devil is accusing you, 
or accusing someone else to you. He is doing the same thing to the people around you. And I hope your eyes will glaze over and you will remember that we are bigger and we are part of something bigger than our individual selves. And you will resist because you have seen a picture of what we're supposed to be. And in Revelation 12.10, this is the third part of becoming one. Did they, did they show you up there what the third part is? What is it? Did you see it in the title? Go back to the title. Becoming one what? We agree. I will never physically, verbally be able to inspire you enough to not look at each other narrowly and with suspicion. But all the signs and wonders that people want will happen organically if we really love one another. We won't have to manufacture it. We won't have to fake it. It will be just as natural. We're trying to get there because we come from a world where people buy what they want. People play games to get what they want. My husband didn't know what I was going to speak on, and I didn't know what he was going to speak on, but it kind of strikes me that since the beginning of this conference, we've all been saying the same thing. It's what it sounds like to me. So the first thing, part one, was self-examination. I don't like it, but I, I have to know when I walk into you what condition I'm in. So every day, even after all these wonderful services, and when I go home, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. My brain that has been recording every service, when I get out of this environment and get on that plane, it's going to push play, and I'm going to see every bit of it. And then I'm going to stand before the judge and I'm going to have to say, did I follow you there? Because my mind's going to go to specific things. Always does. This is the price of holding the mic. And I am going to have to listen to the internal voice of my loving father checking. Lift your arms. No, no he's telling me to lift my arms. <laughs> I love you. I just want to take you home with me. That's all. We could do so much. We could have so much fun. Janice, face me. Remember when you said, yes, Papa. Where did you get that? I think that was me, Papa. Yes, I do too. I'm sorry, Papa. This is marvelous. It's what happens after this that produces the fruit that everybody loves so much to eat. But the producing means the examination. I will stand before him and I will have to listen to his very kind, truthful words and I'll have to agree with him. I often have to agree with him in the form of my husband who also tells me, loving, 
kind words that I must sit very still and listen to. Because the teacher must also practice. And if I don't allow people to speak into my life, words of direction, correction, and instruction, then I am useless. I and my husband are one. And when you see me, you have seen my husband. What do you think about that? Didn't know he, he had it in him, did you? I'm the expressed manifestation of him. What do you think about that? That's another one, isn't it? It's biblical. And the Lord is talking to us and reasoning with us and dealing with us personally. Because can you imagine what it would feel like if you thought the only reason Jesus filled you with the Holy Ghost is so you could go find someone else? He cares about us. The Bible said he gave an entire country as ransom for Israel, and they didn't even know him. And he hung on a cross to make himself real to us so when we mess up, we wouldn't discard ourselves. We would just discard our sins. So self-examination is necessary, which leads us to the next thing. In that self-examination, when you find that you've been cutting yourself or cutting someone else, you need to recognize the source because there's only one voice that produces that kind of pain. He uses words as a weapon. And he makes you swallow the poison because he deceives you with a spoonful of sugar. And then you drink the Kool-Aid and lose your mind because you believe something bad about you and someone else and God. And I told you that we get to throw him down. So we're going to get rid of it. When that inclination in me rises up, I don't go crucify the person who brought it to my forefront. I go crucify the woman who is getting ready to draw a sword and cut someone with my mouth. And I repent and tell on myself and tell the Lord I'm getting ready to say something. Shut my mouth. Help stop the grumbling. Jesus, you've been so good to me. I am being swept by anger and rage and fury and unforgiveness right now. And Jesus, I know I will bust hell wide open if I don't get them off of me. Give me strength, Lord. The strength you had to resist that voice in the wilderness, give it to me now because he's in my ear. And then suddenly I turn around because he cannot stand light. And the instant I appeal to God and start resisting him, he runs because he hates the truth. I don't even talk to the devil. I talk to the Lord to give me strength against him. I don't want to do his work for him. I don't want to steal somebody's joy or kill somebody's beginnings. I don't want to shame someone. I don't want to make them feel embarrassed. I don't want to criticize or mock or scorn. or <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want to be a safe place. The third one is pretty amazing to me. And I want you to go back with me to Revelation 12, 10 through 11. I want to talk about how to agree. 
and all my wonderful Filipino pastors, Pastor Hecola, Pastor Caltabiano, Pastor Lee, all you pastors, you're going to remember all this, and then you can go back and teach it. I don't have any notes. Well, I have a couple. If you can decipher them, you can have them. And I heard a loud voice. I like the fact that there's a lot of noise in the Bible. Loud. Saying, now is come three things. This just freaked me out. I, I was up till three in the morning pulling things together. Actually, I was trying to check in. It took me that long, and I still didn't. But I got this. Now is come salvation. Everybody say salvation. salvation. Strength. Say strength. The kingdom of our God. Go ahead. And the power of his Christ. Okay. And now it says how those things came. This is where I just, if I had more strength, I'd throw my shoes right now. And you're glad I'm not. The accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. Now, remember what it says when Jesus said, when they said, teach us how to pray. And he said, pray this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? How? They threw the accuser down in heaven. What are we supposed to do down here? Did you get that? I hope you remember it. Because a couple scriptures the Lord opened to me. I'm 65 years old and never got it till last night. Well, this morning. They overcame him by three things. The blood. They weren't afraid to talk and testify. And they kept carrying their cross around. Three things they agreed on. I want you to listen to me. If you go out and mess up tomorrow, we are not going to shoot you. We are not going to stone you. We are not going to exercise you. We are not going to reject you, cast you out. We are going to pray for you and ask the Lord to restore you and if you go crazy and you're in striking distance, we may move away so we don't get punched, but we won't stop praying. All the prophets wound up with a bunch of crazy Israelites who were hell-bent on their own destruction, and God never said, abandon them. He said, you're going with them where they're going. That's what a Levite is, a companion. There are places people in our church and in my family have taken me that I did not want to go. Sleepless nights and endless days, I didn't want to go there. I bawled my head off. I've fought, I've wrestled, I've I've wrestled, we've counseled people to and I've 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 said this I often feel like that some people that come to us, we are the last voice before they jump off the cliff they've already chosen. But I still say the words because the Bible said if the Lord tells me to say something to them and I don't say it and they go out, their blood is on my hands. Right. 
On the other hand, if I tell them everything I can think of and I don't hold my heart back, I don't go, I'm, go I'm not going to give you everything I've got because quite frankly, I don't think you're worthy of my time. I just give them everything I've got because I everything I'm doing, I'm doing as unto. So, can you and I say that we agree on the blood? Because the blood is so incredible because of what it does, and you can go ahead and just bring that tea right up here to me to help my scorching throat. And y'all are going to forgive me for drinking a cup of hot tea in your face, aren't you? I knew you would. I feel jealousy in this room right now. I rebuke it. It's just a tiny cup. I was looking for tea when I went outside. Looking for tea in all the wrong places. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know your attention span. What now? The machine out there had to rest for two hours. And I got to go forward. Let's give the Lord a hand praise for our servant. My Sean. My Chanteau brought this to me, and I love him. Thank you, my son. Look at here what I'm going to do. Oh, dear Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Okay. It's got lemon in it. I thank the Lord. I'm getting chesty. We agree on the blood. When the enemy comes to me and we hear stuff, look in my face. My husband's been counseling people for years. He is a psychologist by profession. We got trouble in the church. There have been things happened that have curled my hair. And you know what I hear when I hear that voice start talking? I see the blood. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, you sent this need our way. We will stand up and proclaim the blood of Jesus over this. You raise Lazarus from the dead. You can bring this prodigal child home, this man, this woman. I'm pleading the blood around their kids. I immediately start, I feel like a white blood cell. There's been a cut in the body and I just start throwing myself on it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And we pop that, let me see if you can pop your right hand. Do you still have it? I plead, I plead. Ooh, ooh, see? And so you know what? Let me give you an anecdote to help you with that. You're in a courtroom. You're being accused. And the judge says, how do you plead? You got three choices. Guilty, not guilty, or I plead the blood. <laughs> That's the third response. I want you to lift your hand and thank the Lord for that. That's my response when the accuser drags my kids in, my husband, me, my church. I plead the blood. Now, we agree on our testimony. I'm testifying to you now. I'm just telling you what I know. That testimony helps me fight the accuser. I've seen God restore people. I've seen people get bitterness out of their heart. I've seen people who are still bitter, but they keep coming, and I keep praying for them. They are bitter, and they are mean, and they don't know how mean they are because they are wounded. And you know why they are wounded? Because they refuse to get healed. And you know why they refuse to get healed? Because when Jesus says, stretch forth their, your hand, they keep putting forth the good one. They will not reveal how screwed up they are. That's just calling it like it is. 
I said a long time ago when I was messed up, the Lord came to me and I was sobbing, I, I, years of messed up, in my head, just messed up. And the Lord came to me one day and said, Janice, I'm going to give you a choice. You can either get revenge or you can be healed, but you can't do both. I know you're hurt and I know you're mad and I know you're angry, but it's making, it's affecting the way you treat people. It's bleeding in, you're, you're starting to get diseased. You're starting to get infected and you're going to infect other people. I want to know, do you want to be healed? I'm so thankful that as a child, I recognized that revenge would not stop the pain and that anger would not heal the, the gap. And I had so many gaps. My God, I had so many gaps. The Lord had to raise me from the dead probably four times, which is why I'm such a child because my childhood was lost. Jesus gave it back to me. I'll be a child till the day I die. I laugh and dance and play and shout because everything I couldn't do, I'm doing now because whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I plead the blood. I have a testimony. I'm going to tell it. And that's how I stop the accuser. Do you agree with me? The third thing it said, they love not their lives to the death. What they don't tell you in that scripture is there is a tool of death for all of us. Do you know what it is? What is it? Say it loud. And do you know in English we have an expression? Man, don't get around her when she gets crossed. I am cross. You know what it means? I'm getting nailed. And the Lord said to me one time, because I cry every time I get hammered, I'm like, that hurt my feelings. Shut up. That was the point. I want your feelings to be hurt. Really? I want you to feel this pain because I felt it in my hands. Janice, somebody's going to have to crucify you so that you can die to yourself, pray through to a resurrection. Lift your hands right now. Oh, God, who wants to get nailed? But it's when I get nailed and every cross is exquisitely made for me. It's for me. It it addresses all my weak points, my weak hands, my weak feet, my weak mind, my weak back, backbiting. Oh, God, it hurts. What am I supposed to do when it hurts? You remember, you remember I told you the story of the man that stole from me? Do you remember? When I finally got through my pain, I finally got over my pain, then the Lord said, Janice, he is in danger of hellfire. I want you to pray for him. I want to save him. Really? You mean... You let people hurt me so I'll turn around and see how needy they are? Yes. Yes, I do. 
I sat under two administrators. One was my high school administrator and the other one was part of my doctoral programs before I matriculated with my doctor's degree. Neither one of these men earned my respect. They were misogynistic. That means they were women haters. And they particularly hated me. And I don't know why. I think, I think there were some dark things in their lives. And I came in with my little skirt and bun. And I think the spirit in them went for me. And finally one day, the administrator at school hit me so hard with this verbal abuse. I went into my classroom, rounded the corner, and leaned my head against my furniture and sobbed, Jesus, you have got to help me. I never know when it's coming, and it's so agonizingly painful to be treated this way. I'm a grown woman. I can barely take it, and I am under this man's authority. Jesus, may I add P.S., I hate his guts. If I were a man, I would bust him to the floor. I'd say, you want a piece of me? Let's take it outside. But I'm not a man, and that's my rage and my wrath, and I want to thank you, Lord, that I don't have a pistol in my hand right now. I'd get down, and the Lord say, bless him. I'd say, I will not. I hate his guts. Janice, I told you to bless him. He treats me like dirt on the bottom of his shoe. I said, bless him. I will not, Jesus. I will not bless this man. He does not deserve it. I am wounded. I am hurting. Janice, if you don't bless him, I can't forgive you. Why do I need forgiveness? I didn't do anything wrong. Because you are full of hatred. Jesus, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that my response to him, you mean you set this up to see how I would respond? You're watching my response and not his action? Pretty much, little girl. I got in the floor. I hit the floor. Because I want to agree with Jesus so I can agree with you. I said, Lord, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I've been so full of hate. I can see. I can see. And I asked the Lord to bless him with tears. And the Lord showed me that man who was preparation for the next one, higher up. I thought that people in the ivory tower would be courteous, civil, intelligent. They were worse. They were worse than my high school kids with degrees and their lifestyles were worse than the kids on the weekend. I didn't know that till I went there and I saw how they really were. And another man went after me and I cried and cried and cried. And finally, a fellow superintendent in my class walked up to me one day and said, Janice, I don't know what's going on with this man, but he hates you. Keep your mouth shut.
I would drive home from night school, tears rolling down my cheeks, and I'd be in that van by myself, wrestling with that woman between my ears, wondering why my hands are being nailed and my feet. And I would lay my hand on my chest because there was nobody there and nobody to pray for me. And I would pray for me in the third person. Janice, the Lord bless and keep you, honey. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Janice, you are greatly beloved. The Lord knows the numbers of, hang on. You know what I'm trying to do? Submit to God. Resist the accuser. Finally, one day I had a breakthrough. After days and days of going through this agony, just agony, I I, I can't even tell you the head games that man was playing with me. I, I just thought I was losing my mind and my husband would pray for me at night and I'd go back down in it again. I'd just taken a beating every day I was there, just trying to get my degree for which I was paying. I got on my knees one night, the children were in bed, my husband was asleep and I was weeping in the corner of my prayer. Jesus, help me, help me, help me. Help me, Jesus. Janice. Yes, Papa, I'm hurting. This hurts. Janice, you feel that pain? Yes, I feel it everywhere. I am scorched. I'm just curled up in a ball. I don't know how to take much more of this. You feel it? Yes, Papa, I feel it. He feels that every day. What? This is why he treats you like he does. He is in agony with no relief. I had a breakthrough. I prayed for that man sincerely and asked the Lord to soothe his pain, to give him help, to give him strength because I was hurting so bad I could not imagine having no place to go to relieve it. Had I not had my cross... Had that man not crucified me, I would have never asked the Lord to forgive him. I would have never interceded for that man. The next day I got up, he had no power over me. He never touched me again, verbally. When he made unreasonable requests, I looked him right in the eye and said, I won't be able to do that today, Dr. So-and-so. Something broke. Now, that's part of my education, which I am now giving to you. You will be required to do what you are hearing. Do you understand me? Do we agree on the cross? Do you understand its purpose? It is to sensitize you to the pain of the people who nailed you so that you will intercede for them. I'm going to say that again whether it is somebody outside our fellowship or someone in, when you take a slap, a pop, or a beating, you cry out to God and ask him to help your pain. My God, why hast thou forsaken me? But when you get over your pain, then you intercede for them. Lift your hands right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. We need to nail this point down right now. 
We need to nail it down right now. The people who are hurting you are in desperate need of prayer. The pain you feel is the pain they feel. And God's trying to create empathy between you and people he's trying to reach. All right, now that we're in agreement, say we agree. Do you know what things we agree on? What is the first thing we agree on? Blood. What is the second thing? Testimony. That's why we testify to each other. You practice say. You can't keep a testimony in your head. If your only testimony is, I thank the Lord that he saved me years ago, you are not living. The Holy Ghost is not living in you. You're full of dead men's bones. You know what a dead man's bone is? Quoting somebody else's words without any living blood in you. You got to eat it and say it. I start quoting scripture. The scripture starts coming to my brain when the attacks start coming and the things start happening. I start quoting immediately. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. I start flipping word immediately. Why? Because somebody else is talking to me. That's my testimony. Protect your testimony. What's the third thing we agree on? The cross, that's why Paul said, I'm weeping. Some people have abandoned their cross and they call themselves liberated because they don't carry it anymore. They don't feel the weight anymore. They don't cry anymore. Life is a party. He preached on it. Now, go with me to Matthew 16 and 19. I, my mind is blown, but I'm a simpleton. I mean, it doesn't take much. This is what he said to Peter after Peter answered the question, who am I? Jesus said, who am I, Peter? And he said, you're the one. And he said, you're blessed. Flesh and blood didn't reveal, God revealed it to you. Did you know the Bible says that God reveals things to whomsoever he wants? Do you know what part of his revelation process is? Have you been receiving my love? Do you love me? Do we have a love relationship? Well, I'm going to show you something else. Remember, it was Peter who said three times after denial, I really do love you. And the Jesus said, because you love me so much, Peter, in your brash, bold, sassy way, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. I looked up keys, and you know what it says? It's the power to open and shut stuff. Starting to feel jiggy up here. And he said, and whatsoever, he said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. You can open it and you can shut it. And whatever you bind, okay, so here we go for all the children who go, where's that in the Bible? When your daddy got the key, this is what it says. Whatsoever you bind, guess what bind means? Fasten. To bind, to fasten with chains, to declare illicit. He said, you get to name things that are off bounds. I'm going to give you that power. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind and declare illicit on the earth must be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose 
You set free, you loose the bonds of cloths or chains, as in when Jesus said, loose Lazarus and let him go. And he raised him up, but he turned to the family and said, family, I brought him back. Y'all unwrap him. (laughs) He said, whatever you loose has already got to be first loosed in heaven. And he said it again in Matthew 18, verses 18 through 20. Now wait a minute. And let me say this to you, whatever you bind on earth, verse 18, shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose shall be loosed in heaven. I'm going to tell you something, the devil was cast down in heaven, and we can cast him down here. And let me tell you what happened in heaven when they threw him out. Oh my God, salvation came and strength came. The kingdom of God came and the power of Christ. Don't you know why he has been whispering in our ears against each other? Because if we agree together like they agreed in heaven and we throw that sucker down to the ground, then let me tell you what's going to happen. This is the key salvation's going to break loose in the church. It's going to break loose in your family. I don't think you know what salvation means. This is all he said if you just cast the accuser down. So if a church gets together and they go, I ain't talking about nobody in my church anymore. I am not talking about the children in my family anymore. I'm going to pray for them. Oh, they're in trouble now because I'm not griping at them. I'm on my knees. I'm going to the king. I'm going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to submit to God. I'm going down. I'm not going to open my mouth against anybody. And if someone does that to me, I'm going to go, remember what we agree on? I'm not going to slap him and go, you stupid moron. Did you forget the teaching? I'm just going to say, we agree on the blood, right? So that when our kids mess up, we don't pick up the phone and start telling that junk and spreading thoughts and feelings and blah, blah, blah. We get together and go, so-and-so's little girl is in trouble. Let's pray right now. Why? Because we agree on the blood. Why do you agree on the blood? Because he did it for me. He'll do it for that child. And I'm going to pray for her mama right now. Because I know the devil's trying to work her mother over. I know she's worn out. And a lot of times before I pray for the kid, I'm praying for the parents. Because the parents are in more danger than the child. The child has already been taken. And now the mom and dad are going to have to decide if they're going to kill the kid or if they're going to stand firm against the fear and the anxiety and the horrible thoughts and the feelings coming after them. Because when one of us opens the door for the accuser, the whole church feels the attack. The Lord said, it's so serious. I saw it happen in Israel and I was looking for a mediator. I was looking for somebody to get up and shut the mouth of that thing because yes, there was a mistake made. It was bad. But I didn't want nobody talking about how bad the mistake was. I wanted somebody to plead the blood. I wanted somebody to say, I know it looks bad now, but we know the Alpha and the Omega. Wait a minute. Before you write them off, we know the beginning and the end. Wait a minute. It's a fact. You got a bad report. It's a fact. 
your pancreas has got cancer. It's a fact. It metastasized. But let me tell you the truth. Take your fact to the truth. He said, I am life. I am life. If we don't emphasize the truth, we'll be devoured by the fact. Lift your hands right now. You didn't get what I said, but it'll come back to you. Let me tell you the fact. Lazarus is sick four days. Let me tell you the fact. He's getting worse. Let me tell you the fact. Jesus didn't show up. Let me tell you the fact. Martha wiped his face. Mary cleaned up his vomit. I guess he had all kinds of bodily functions because when you start dying, things start shutting down. Day one, and they're waiting on Jesus and he doesn't show up. Day two, he's vomiting more. He can't keep anything down. He's passing everything out of his body. It didn't take but four days. The third day, he's breathing rapidly. His pulse has quickened. His heartbeat has slowed. He's comatose now. He's entered a place he can't hear, Mary and Martha. And they're walking the floors in anxiety. And the voice of the accuser, where is Jesus? Where are you? That's my brother. Where are you? You don't know it yet, Mary and Martha, but God's going to take your pain and teach you a lesson about blood and testimony and cross. Where are you, Jesus? Fourth day, rigor mortis. Wrap him up. It's over. Jesus shows up. Martha says, if you'd have been here, I'm just stating a fact. Thank God she said it to the truth. Amen. If you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And the truth said, He's going to live again. Yeah, but... Yeah, I know he'll live again in the resurrection. I... Am... Resurrection. Oh, we've buried a lot of people. Our ministry has been in an old church with a lot of old people. We, in 20 years, have probably buried close to 200 people. Look at my face. And I feel them all. And one more slipped away while we were here. That's what I'm going to go back to. What do you hear? Are you going to agree? It's over. Here we go again. I can hear that nasty voice. Hallelujah. I hear another voice precious in the sight of the Lord. Is the death of his saints. Woman, why weepest thou? She's not dead. She's asleep. <laughs> Are you stupid? No, I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus. I say when it's over, not you. I say when it's done. 
and the grave didn't stop me and the grave won't stop you. I am resurrection. Yeah, but Abraham's our father. God is not a God of the dead, but a God of the living. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Somewhere they're alive just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not true. The truth spoke to the fact, and I agree with the truth. Do we agree? That's the right answer. You better say that, especially in the first three rows. So this is how come I don't go, oh, God. Oh. He said, if you're a priest, you're my priest. You never fall apart like that because I am the end of all things. Not that. There are not endings for us. There's rest and beginnings. Lift your hands right now. I want you to commit your sleeping relatives and your family to the care of a God. They are resting with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob right now and all the saints that have gone on before. Let them go. Let your fear leave. Throw down that voice. Will you agree with me that the truth is bigger than the fact? And although there are people in coffins around the world and in mausoleums and little crematorium boxes, at the trumpet, it's going to be loud, just like it was the day they threw Satan to the ground when the Lord comes back to get your people and my people. There's going to be the sound of a trumpet. It's going to be loud and the dead in Christ shall rise first. He's never forgotten him for a minute. And then we're going to join him a split second later. Lift your hands and praise the Lord right now. So I have Bible for throwing the voice down. I don't want the voice to get between me and you. No hesitancy. Love without dissimulation. Praise the Lord, Brother Lee. So nice to meet you. Oh, oh boy. Can you feel that when someone does that to you? I sure can. I can smell that a mile away. Can you? He said, I'm not asking you to love the whole world. If you can't be with the one you love, honey, love the one you're with. Love the one you're with. I am so bad, aren't I? Who are you waiting for? Who are you going to love more than the people you're going to church with? Who are you going to fight for more than the people that are sitting next to you every Sunday morning? In your care groups and on the pew with you and in your little seats. Who are you waiting for, girl? Love the people that are around you. This is your team. This is it. This is all we got. I, I love you. I'm not, I'm not using you to get to something else because I believe in the cross. I believe in my testimony about Jesus. I got one. And, and if I see you going south, I'm going to fill your ear with words. Come on, Sam. Come on, son. You're doing so good. I love to hear your thoughts in early morning prayer. I only made it once. Forgive me, dear God. And, and my hair was in a Mulan. I didn't have my contacts on. I couldn't see. My glasses were too strong. Anyway, I prayed and I felt good and I love what you had to say. You kind of summed it up. Be strong, son. Don't give in to that voice. Okay. 
I think we're on the same page now, you think? Mary comes along. I know he'll live again, Martha. I'm the resurrection. She didn't know what to say. And so she said, Mary, uh, she left him. I was like, end of conversation. Okay, Jesus is at it again, speaking all kinds of, okay, Mary, Jesus is asking for you. (laughs) I don't know if she made it up. Here comes Mary. Mary's not reasoning with him at all. She's sobbing. She's offended. If you had been here, there's the voice. And you know what Jesus said? He didn't go, girl, dry that up. Blow your nose. You look ridiculous. He said, take me where you laid him. Take me to your fact. Oh, my God. I'm trying to be normal so that you can go where I am right now. I'm running back and getting you, and I'm going to bite your heels if you don't follow me quick. Now, come on. Take me where you laid what you wrapped up tight that's dead. Okay. There it is. Suddenly, I heard this song in my head. Tell me something good. And Jesus said, roll away the stone. Oh, Jesus, now come on. There are limits. This is it right here. You pull this out, it stinks. We don't air our dirty laundry. We don't air our decaying corpses. You're going to have to, when Jesus says, bring me your fact, what's been tormenting you, what's come between us, Lazarus has come between us. I'm fixing to remove that. I want there to be no distance. Because when I hug you, I don't want his dead body between us. There's a fact between us that has distanced us. We're going to have to deal with the fact. Listen to me. I know your kids are going to mess up. I know they are. Please get over it. And do not let the fact of their disastrous choices. Your husband is probably going to disappoint you a couple of times. Please don't let that fact put distance between you. Your pastor may hurt your feelings. Please do not let that fact stand between you and becoming one. Because the devil is determined. He knows if you become one, something else is fixing to happen. Because in heaven they got one. They were all one. And Michael and his angels said, you're not, we, we're throwing you down. Uh, church down there, take notice. We threw him down up here. Y'all throw him down, down there. The same result that happened in heaven is going to happen on earth. Salvation is going to break loose. There is no fact that is greater than the voice from heaven that hollered, salvation has come. What'd you do? We got rid of the accuser and we agreed on the three things. Now salvation has come and salvation walked up to that tomb. Salvation has come. (laughs) Lazarus! Did the Bible say he said with a loud voice? I just thought I might clarify that point. If he'd have hollered, come forth with no name, everything for a thousand miles and more would have got up. 
He only wanted one because only one fact was separating him from a woman who was going to bring an alabaster box. Only one thing was separating him from the moment she was going to pour herself out. And he said, I'm going to have to reconcile what has happened to you. You bring your fact to me. Come forth. And there he came. I don't know how he did it. And I don't know what he was thinking. I can't imagine what his mind was. But Jesus didn't do the rest. He turned to the people that had a fact between them that was crushing them. Stand up here. And he said, I want you to do something something Mary and Martha I want you to do something you wrapped him up you buried him now loose him and let him go salvation salvation Mary and Martha weren't accusing each other anymore tell her to come help me in the kitchen I'm not paying attention to Martha Lazarus got between them and when Jesus healed Lazarus he healed that whole family salvation my God He healed the whole family. I'm having trouble getting this out because it's, it's, it's affecting me. I'm being affected by what I'm saying. Oh my God. Now, now I'm ready to read verse 19. Oh Jesus. No, wait, 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 wait. Let me tell you what salvation means. Brother Gabriel, I'm going to look at you. Do not glaze over. I'm going to use you to help me focus. This is what salvation means in the original language. I looked it up. Deliverance and preservation. What do you want for your family? Then it said this, deliverance from the molestation of enemies. When we throw down the accuser to the ground and we agree on the blood and our testimony and the cross, then suddenly the botherings, the constant nitpicking, the Bible said salvation walks in the door. Boom. It stops. Deliverance. Deliverance. You got people that are suffering panic attacks. We need salvation. You got people that are having mental issues. Salvation. We've got some addicts that are struggling to stay off. Salvation. It's the church that provides the cure. We are the treatment. When we agree, when we throw him down, salvation. It's salvation now. And salvation when the Lord comes to the earth. But it's now. We need to be saved now. The next thing, let me tell you what else comes when we throw the accuser down and we agree. I'm back in Revelation. Strength. I like to lost my mind when I read what strength means because I read it as strength. But those of you that are Bible scholars, do you know what that word translates in the Greek? Dunamis. And you know what dunamis says? That's the scripture that says, and you shall be endued with power from on high. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses. When we throw down the accuser, we release salvation and dunamis. 
don't know what dunamis means, I'm gonna read it to you. I'm gonna read to you what dunamis is. It says strength, power, ability. Inherent power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. Oh my God, of which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Then it says, because I didn't get none of that, power for performing miracles. Everybody wants a miracle. I ain't nobody want to pay the price to get it. I can't let a fact stand between me and God, and I can't let a fact stand between me and you. We can agree on the blood. We can agree on the testimony. We can agree on the cross. And when we agree, are you reading what I'm reading? Are you with me? I didn't make this up. I'm leaving you today. You better get it because you know what's fixing to happen. I've waited for that Filipino revival that the Lord promised to me when he healed my daughter. I'm coming. I'm coming for it. I'm coming for it. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. The Lord gave me a prophecy in the Philippines. When I heal your daughter, I'm going to heal my church. There's going to be a love sweep. And he showed me that that's what's going to fulfill Ephesians, the third chapter. And then when that happens and we start throwing down the accuser against each other, ourselves, our children, and God, salvation's going to break loose in the church first. In our My God, somebody shout with me now. Just shout. I found a key! I found a key! I found a key! Guess what else it says? There are more, but I... You pastors, please go back and read it again and help me tell your people what's coming. Listen, it says, power... An influence which belongs to riches and wealth. That kind of power. The power of having more than you need. And then he said, this just blows my mind. Power and resources arising from numbers. Little churches that have felt pressed down because you didn't have a big old crowd. And everybody's telling you what you need to draw people. If you'll do this, you'll get them. If you do that, you'll get them. I'm telling you, that's from the pits of hell. It's a lion wrapped up in it as an accusation. Like you haven't done enough already. My brother, the Lord loves you. If you'll get an agreement and throw down the voice of the accuser, if you'll reconcile the facts that are standing between you and others and bring it to the truth, I promise you the word of God said, salvation's coming and power. The next thing that's coming, throwing down the accuser, I'm following up what I said last night because I got it. I've never preached this before, so you're just going to have to forgive me. It's messy. The kingdom of God, he said, is coming. I looked up what that meant. There was so much in it. I just took two things out. Royal power, kingship, dominion, rule. Do you know what I think that means in practical terms? The Lord says, finally, they have run my enemy out of my church. They are in unity with me. They stopped listening to him, and they love me and they love themselves and now they can love each other I'm going to set up my kingship in their church 
I'm going to put a throne there. I'm going to be sovereign God. When they speak with my voice, I'm going to do what they ask. Somebody just let the Holy Ghost flow. I need someone just speaking in tongues right now. All right, I thought that'd be enough, but there was one more. There was the fourth thing. When they throw down the accuser and Jesus told Peter, Peter, if you follow my lead and you throw that down, do do on earth what you've seen me do in heaven. I want you to do it. I gave you the key to it. Here's the fourth one. I about lost my mind on this one. The power of Christ. You know what the power of Christ means in the Greek? I didn't either. I'm not that smart. But it's exousia. If you get dunamis, which is just power from on high, exousia gives you authority. And you know what it says? He talked about Prince William, who's connected to King Charles. And he said he's the Prince of Peace. That means we're the Prince. When I throw this down, I can invite the Prince into my house and say, Prince, we don't accuse each other in this house. Bring peace. Bring peace to this house. Bring peace to this mind. I'm not agreeing with him anymore. I'm not looking at facts and making them bigger than the truth. Exusia. And guess what exusia means? You notice how Jesus spit in the ground on some people? And then in some people, he just went... Shazam, you know what exusia means? Once you've gotten salvation, once you've gotten strength, once you've gotten the kingdom of God in operation, exusia is the power of choice, the liberty of doing as one pleases. Permission. Ain't nobody here feel like they can walk up and say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Shazam. But if we do this under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, things are going to break loose in our churches as a pastor feels the power of the Holy Ghost and he begins exhibiting exousia and then his people are tapped into exousia. I'm going to stop and pray for you right now. I stopped asking God, is this right? Can I do this? Can I? I have been a submitted woman to my husband. It is the only way I have known how to access godly authority is by making this man. I know he's not God and he's not Jesus, but he's the only God Jesus I've got. And if I can't submit to him, I can't submit to anybody else. I make it a practice of submitting to people in my church that are not like me. Then when they ask me to do something, I do it. What are you doing? I'm exercising my privilege to do what I want because then when the moment comes and I need to exercise something else someplace, I'm going to say, in the name of Jesus, where did you do it, Janice? Because I've been submitting. I've been quoting the word. I've cast down the accuser. You are not my enemy. You are my companion on the journey. I am not jealous of you. I don't want your stuff. I don't need your stuff. I'm not paid to love you. I love you because the blood of Jesus brought us together. Our testimony brought us together. The cross brought us together. Lift your hands. We agree. 
almost. Now. Now. Now go to my Matthew scripture. My Matthew. You know, my Matthew was at 18. Six, God knows. Let me look. It was 18. Now here comes 19. He walked with them three years so they wouldn't be fighting each other. He addressed immediately when they were in competition. Why would he do that? He did not want a fact to come between them and truth and them and one another. He dealt with it when they were mad with one another, when they were jealous of each other. He dealt with it immediately the day they did it. What were you talking about? Asking a question, he didn't condemn them. He didn't judge them. He just said, I don't want you to be that way with each other. I want the greatest among you to wash feet. I always like that little test to see if I can still get down on my knees and take someone's foot. I find the Lord puts me in very humbling circumstances and I thank Him for it because I want to know if I'm still in the faith. Do I still believe? Am I still in agreement with the blood and my testimony? And am I still in agreement with the cross? Then when the Lord crosses me, I, know, I want to see how quickly I respond to that like I do to the dance. Oh, look, look, church, this is what we get if we become one. <laughs> oh, God. Again, which means he said it before, I say to you, I'm not even going to ask for the whole church. Amen. I'm just going to get two of you. We fought together, cried together, sobbed together, wept together, fasted together, believed together. We are united in a common cause by love. And if we too, we too agree, touching just this little, he said, no. If you self-examine, wash me. If you throw down the accuser, I will open the windows. And then ask what you want. Anything. What do you want? What do you need? I don't know if a pastor connected to God like this is going to ask for something stupid. He's going to say, give my people freedom. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Yeah, yeah, no. He said, you're not going to command it. I don't say, in the name of Jesus, therefore I command. I say, God, I'm coming boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy, to help in time of need. Somebody's going to do this. Somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to do it. Pastors, I want you to start first. I want you to get the hand of your spouse and I want you to start agreeing right now. What do you need in your life, your personal life? Let's start with y'all. What do you need? Do you need health? 
Do you need strength? I'm going to assume that you already repented for everything. I'm going to tell you when trouble hits us, we repent for everything we can think of and then things we didn't imagine. Why? Because we can't let anything stand between us and becoming one. Now I want you to pray and I want these same pastors. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Abby to come up and I want Jabez and Jesse's not here. Come on, Jabez and Jesse. Adora and Sean, are y'all in the building? My darling children, are you here? Did you have to take that baby up? I'll just take one of you as representative. I want y'all to come up. I want Tim and Leah and Abby and Jabez. I love their family. Hallelujah. I, I, I want brother and sister Cargando. I know you don't have children, but you have a pastoral staff. Brother Serrano, get with your kids right now. This is, you know where it starts? It starts at home. It doesn't start with you praying big old wide prayers for the church. We're going to ask God to guide Adora and Sean. I already had a moment with him in the hallway. <laughs> I prayed for you for long. I shed tears over you children. I want the butchers. I want y'all to get up here. I want you to lead by example. Brother and sister Daniels, excuse me, Gabriel, I want Harrison and Madison to come. I've adopted you as mine now. I want you to see what your pastoral families are doing. Right now they're binding together for themselves. If you are here with your husband, wife, or kids, if you're here with a daughter or a son, I want you to gather together. We're going to bind together for what we need. We're going to ask for grace and peace and strength. I want you to ask for the four things. God sends your salvation. God send your strength. The singles, you little single people, all y'all that are working in the back, I want y'all to get in a group in the back. I love you. You miss everything. I don't want you to. My precious Josh, Josh and your wife, my precious Shankar and Sandra, I know you have needs. God will hear you right now. We're going to take a fact. God gave you that little prince. I receive it. Get together. Get with your sister. Get with your brother. Don't sit there alone. You're not alone. We're going to agree. God, open up the windows of heaven. Give us strength and salvation. Give us the kingdom of God. Give us the power of his Christ. Give us exousia. Give us dunamis. Pray for one another. All right, I want everybody else to come up. Come on up here on holy ground. I want you to come up here, Calcipianos. I don't know where my Josiah is. I know he's been sick. I want to pray for him.